Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast. I'm Nick Roush, joined by Freddie Maggard, Drew Franklin, and Adam Luckett. A little bit different time, all thanks to our friends at Justice Dental, because tonight we are making them money. It is Halloween. Everybody go rot your teeth out, eat all the candy you possibly can, then give our friends at Justice Dental a call, 859-543-0700. Whether you're getting cavities from your Halloween candy, you got something stuck in your braces, uh, whatever it may be, Dr. Thompson and Dr. Justice, they're going to take care of you um, at either one of their convenient two locations in Lexington. They got one on Blazer, one on Wellington. So check them out, justicedental.com, or give them a call, 859-543-0700. Thanks to our friends at Justice Dental. It's Halloween, um, so instead of competing with trick-or-treating, we are going to talk a little bit earlier today about a game that who felt felt about as spooky as is Halloween um there Freddie Maggard that was uh that was no fun no not fun at all uh I'm still ticked about it to be honest with you this game sticks with me because of uh geographical area I know a lot of Tennessee fans so uh this is something you got to live with and Kentucky did not play good did not play complimentary football special teams and offense we're, we're really bad. I'm to the point now, I don't know how to evaluate the Kentucky defense for this game because they start in Kentucky. Tennessee started in Kentucky territory on five drives. Kentucky defensively had well, a couple stops, missed field goal, forced a punt. But you cannot give the number one offense in America five shots inside of your 50-yard line and expect to win the football game. So um, – Defensively, didn't play great. Had two bad coverage busts, but didn't play awful. To be quite honest with you, uh, so for me, it was it was a, it was just that offense is just not doing it. It's not getting it done. It's not efficient. Uh, three more turnovers, one in the red zone. You, you convert fifteen percent on third down in a game that was going to be all about possessions. You didn't extend drives, so. Uh, even though the defense stole a few possessions, and we kept talking about that, not a turnover, but had stops. It just this offense is not do, is not getting it done. And then the third phase is, you know, you had how many critical errors, Adam? You had a blocked PAT, a nearly blocked punt, and a punt return that leaked back to what the twelve yard line. So that's three catastrophic errors on the road in the SEC. You're not going to win those games. I don't care how good or bad the offense or defense played. So uh, just a tough, tough loss and uh, better get it right because Missouri will think they have every chance in the world to win. And they should think that because Kentucky's not playing good. It's a sloppy football team. Uh, it's uncharacteristic. It's, uh, it's just, just not a good, not a good outing in Knoxville at all around complete all three phases. Let's just go ahead and say that. Oh, I like Freddie too. Just tapping the unmute, getting out of there. But I, it is appropriate though. The word he used was sloppy. Luck it, you used that uh, last Saturday night when we we're doing our rapid reaction. Like this is just a sloppy Kentucky football team, and it's very uncharacteristic of what we've seen from Mark Stoops' team since 2016. Yeah, I mean it was a train wreck Saturday night. Um, two to three phases. Um, defense isn't without fault. They did have the two coverage busts, but overall, I mean. If Tennessee's starting on the 45 and they get 11 possessions, you're lucky they didn't score 60 points. Yeah, um, 
on, on if they're starting right around midfield. Uh, so, you know, the defense just got no help, zero help from the other phases. The Kentucky did not play complimentary football. They played five games against Power Five competition. They're averaging 17 offensive points per game. Just not good enough. It's not. And we heard Mark Stoops talk about it today and address it. You know, it better get corrected. It's a pretty long story short is what he said. Or there might need to be some changes. Just got to be – the whole operation has got to be better. I um, mean, it's not just – it's very easy to blame the offensive line here. I think that's been very much a go-to for people to blame these offensive failures. But it is on a lot of people to me. It's on – the operation of the offense, not getting plays in fast enough, um, questionable play calls in the red zone, receivers not playing well. Um, they've had multiple moments where they're, maybe they're not doing the right things or not blocking. Will Levis needs to play better. It's just on a lot of people, and they just have to be better. And it, it's they, Kentucky worked very, very hard of years of building to get in a window like that, to get into a game where you're playing a top-five team and you're getting the big-boy treatment in the last weekend of October, a big moment, and you go out there and play like that, it's just very, very disappointing. Um, and it, you, you ruined an opportunity that you worked a long time to establish, and that's the most frustrating part about this situation. For me, too, in particular, I, I was uh, I was on, uh, as, as my friend called it, fraternity leave. I, I, I wasn't – I was putting my head in the sand, right, uh, spending time with my kids, uh, ha- enjoying the hell out of it. So I, I did not invest a ton of time game planning. But, Drew, even I knew with one day of prep, you cannot run on first down every time against this Tennessee defense. They're just going to go right at you. Just throw it on first down. Take a little pressure off them. Try to get over those linebackers. They're going to be really aggressive. And as soon as they get to the red zone, what do they do? Like, let's run up the middle, run up the middle, third and eight. Let's throw it. And it's just – you. it was a recipe for disaster that – I saw coming a mile away, and if I could see it a mile away, then Tennessee certainly should have been able to see it coming a mile away. Uh, It looked like Tennessee saw everything coming a mile away. I mean, they were jumping passing lanes, um, maybe no one plays. I mean, it was very predictable, Kentucky's offense. That's why I'm so disappointed. But we all know it was likely a loss. It's always a a loss in Knoxville, except for two years ago. You get one, but – uh, I think our all our honest expectations with Tennessee would win that game, but the six points is just so frustrating. Yeah. I, I'm tired of every week saying, well, you know, they get Levis and Rodriguez back for their second time together, their third time together. They didn't have this person. We're getting towards the end of the season, and this team is averaging 17 points per game, and I feel like we're just wasting all this talent and this quarterback we're going to see get picked next May to watch him score six points against a passing defense that lets everybody throw on them. It's I, I hate that number six. I'm looking at the screen at the screen right there. Yeah, the I results got to be the results, and they fall at the play callers' feet to me. Like you got like you make nine hundred thousand dollars to score points. Put the ball in the end zone. Like that. That is the that is the name of the game. You're here to you're here to score points, uh, recruit good players, and score points on Saturday. That's what you're here for. Not getting it done. Bottom line. Nope, nope, not getting it done. And you know, Freddie, I think the point that Drew's making it's a feeling, a sentiment that a lot of folks are sh- sharing right now. It's we've got these kind of generational. You, you feel like you've got this really good skill talent, this great quarterback, 
and yet you're squandering it with just sloppy, sloppy, sloppy football. It feels like there's a lot of missed opportunities out there for Kentucky, and it all really came to fruition Saturday night. This isn't just a Saturday night problem. We've had given them excuses all year long. They're running out of excuses. Yeah, I mean, they're out. I mean, this is uh, – <clears throat> like Adam said, the, the I, I don't understand – Getting the red zone down there, you run into the boundary twice. Uh, Tennessee defensively is always going to focus on creating havoc on early downs. First, second down, they're coming downhill to stop the run to create a tackle for loss or a, a zero-game run play, and Kentucky just kept running straight into the, t- the strength of the Tennessee defense and could not take advantage of the weakness of that defense that was ranked 130th in the country uh, in pass defense, and what Kentucky throw for ninety eight? Yep. I mean that's just that's just not getting it done. And uh, I agree. I mean, I, I, Adam said said it right. I think the the, the easy excuse <clears throat> or uh, the easy blame here is on the offensive line, but there's there's a lot more issues than just tackle for this team. A lot more issue on this offense. Let's just say that. And then you know when you when when you have three, I can't. <laughs> Three catastrophic errors, not just one, but three catastrophic special teams errors. That's going to get you beat. I mean, it's just not been – it doesn't seem like this is a cohesive team. Uh, I, I'm not saying that they're not close in the locker room or off the field or whatever, but there's been very little cohesion with this three-phase football that Kentucky's not played, not played complimentary. And a lot of that has to do with the offense struggling. Well, it's 24 points a game right now, uh, including uh, FCS opponents and MAC opponents. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to cut it. It's not going to get it done, especially with a quarterback like Levis. And he has to play better. I mean, I mean, the, the, every offensive player has to play better, but I do think that they could be put in better positions with game planning and, and play calling. And I, I, I've seen some, some issues there. It's got to get looked at. I mean, like Mark Stoops said it today. It has they cannot just ignore scoring 17 points a game against power five opponents. It's not going to go away. You can't run from it. So I think a lot of things are going to need to be addressed this week, and there's going to have to be some honest, hard discussions about what's going on with this offense. Yeah, I think just the game plan was just really bad Saturday. We all know what Tennessee wants to do on defense. Like Freddie said, they're rolling a safety. They had nine people in the box. Throw it on first down. Like, well, then you make Levis's jaw. Like, Freddie, it's damn hard to play quarterback when it's third and nine. Like, and you got to pass then. The easiest time to pass is on first and ten. You know, it like loosen them up a little bit. Then you can get into your um, your thirteen personnel and your hammer and your hammer game. But you've well, got to. You can't just like run, uh, run, run past like it's. They were just very, very predictable. I mean, it, it was the same game plan that they had him against Mississippi State. Like they didn't change anything. It was the same. We were going to run it. We're going to stick to the run, and then we're going to ask Will Levis to bail us out on third down and ten. And that's just not. That's just not going to work in this league. It's just not. Um, especially with not with this offensive line they have right now. Like it's just. It's not Kentucky's offensive line last year where they could impose their will on heavy fronts they can't are they can't do that anymore so it's just it they just got to be better i don't know what else to say other than that well and then they did the thing where okay 
Jatel McClain's going to bail us out. He's going to get us from out of our own end zone. All right, we'll run out the clock before half. Okay, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, you get the ball first. It could be 20 to 6, and you can go down and score a touchdown to start the second half. And then they said, you know what? No, we're going to throw it, but we're not going to throw it downfield. We're just going to throw screen passes, and then one's going to be incomplete. Barry on Brown's going to run out of bounds with another one. And then Tennessee gets the ball back at like what, the 45 with two timeouts left? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, what are you doing? Are you running the clock out or are you going after it? Or where? There, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of head scratching things, and it just drew. I know that we we said this uh, already once. It was gonna be it was gonna take a, a, a perfect game to be that Tennessee team. They're really good, but like you had to be that bad against that, those bunch of yokels, right? Like those jagaloons, those jerk offs. Like they're the worst humans on planet Earth. They're stealing freaking wheelchairs for crying out loud. <laughs> Like old ladies' wheelchairs. That's how much they suck as a collective. They are the worst, and yet we let them do that to us all by via self-inflicted mistakes, something that's happened time and time and time and time and time again this year. Who steals a wheelchair? I mean, that's that's, that's lowest of the lows. But, you know, Stoops does a lot of things well, but the first half clock management right before halftime, I feel like that's a movie we've seen 20 times since he's been here. <laughs> unbelievable how they finished. I mean, very believable, actually, the way they finished that half. And then what is it with bye weeks? Do we just need to stop having bye weeks? Or do we need to mix up how we're game planning in bye weeks? Because he's not doing well out of those either. Those are two staples that we saw rear their ugly heads on Saturday, just not knowing how to get to halftime and then not knowing how to make the most of an extra week advantage going into a game. I also heard a stat, too. I haven't gone back to confirm. Um I, this could have just been an angry live blogger, but that Kentucky is 0-9 in Week 10s under Mark Stoops, which I'm that's sure – I don't know if that's entirely sure. I know a lot of those Week 10 games were probably Georgia. Uh, <clears throat> that was about the time. But if that's the case, Week 10 right here, can't lose, right? Like you, you can't lose to Missouri. Because as bad as this, this loss has been, we'll, we'll get to Missouri some more and we'll come back to just how much it sucked. Like, most people probably picked an 8-4, and 9-3 season, give or take. You can still finish 8-4. and four. You can beat the snot out of your rival to end the year. I don't care how bad they beat Wake Forest. Louisville's still bad, and you should run them off the football field or Kroger field. It's like, there, you can still have some, some positives, but you have to be able to get up off the mat because this kind of loss is deflating, and – Freddie, Missouri, I, they aren't going to just roll over and come up, right? Like they, they, no. They, 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 they know how to play. Eli Drinkwitz knows how to play an ugly football game and keep things closer than they should be against an overmatched opponent. Yeah, I mean, he's done a good job with that team. Uh, beat <clears throat> Vanderbilt in South Carolina. Almost beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. And you know, got got had, had beat, Auburn beat. Had Auburn beat, got beat up by a, a good Kansas State team. So no, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a challenge, not because of I think Kentucky has better players. Uh, I do honestly. I think Kentucky has the better team in theory, but we've not seen it. We've seen them one half against Mississippi State, one half against Florida. And that's about it offensively that you would say, wow, 
Um, and, and you had some big big plays early. Now it wasn't all terrible offensively. I thought Jordan Dingle played well. Oh, Josh I thought Caddis Josh Caddis played really well. <laughs> yeah. That dude he lights people up. Yeah, and and if you're really looking at that offensive line, I think the left side was good enough. Uh, right side struggled. Pre-snap penalties. You know, you're going to have that, and it's just it. Well, you're not going to have. You shouldn't have that. So, just got to get cleaned up. Just got to get cleaned up and have a plan and stick to it. Because Missouri, uh, defensively, that front. Seven that they got, they're gonna they're gonna move before the snap. They're gonna move at the snap. They're gonna create, try to create havoc. They're gonna come downhill. It's gonna play a lot like what Tennessee did against Kentucky. So if you come with that same game plan uh, for three weeks in a row, you're gonna get beat at Missouri. I'm just gonna tell you right now, get ready for it because it's not gonna work. Gonna have to do something different, Adam. Gonna have to. I don't know what it is, but you're gonna have to do something different, and you got to get those young pass catchers back involved in this offense. Kentucky's receivers combined for seven catches for 31 yards against Tennessee. It's three, three starting receivers, Barry on Brown, Tavion Robinson, and Dane Key. Got to find a way to get those young guys open again and get the football back and having some fun again because the Kentucky offense that I've seen for the majority of this year, it's been a labor. Every play has been a labor, yeah. a strain. There's nothing easy for this offense, and they're too talented for it to be this clunky this wobbly nine games into the season, Adam. Yeah, I think, first off, like, they're scoring 17 points per game against Power 5 competition. Missouri is a top 25 defense. Louisville looks much improved defensively. We know the juggernaut Georgia is. Like, I know 8-4 and four is the expectation, but from where I'm sitting, it's going to be tough to go 3-1 with how this offense is playing. Like, you need your defense to be lights out. And then when you have an offense struggling like this, you need a kicking game to pick them up. I mean, we know that's not happening. And so, like, there's a lot. The deck's kind of stacked against them here from where I'm sitting um, right now. But, yeah, like Freddie mentioned, that's been my one of my biggest criticisms of the offense. It's just it shouldn't be this hard. Like, you should be able to, to come up with a plan to have success early, to take advantage of some of the defense's weaknesses, and to hide some of your weaknesses. And we haven't seen it. They start these games like absolute crap. 3-0. 3-0. I mean, just every game, it's like this. It just looks ugly to start to, to start these games on offense. Like, why is that? Why can't they figure out something to start these games? That that makes no absolutely no sense to me. It's just been just been bad, and I it, like they're in a tough spot right now. I just I really think that, and it's going to be hard on Saturday because Missouri has got a good defense. Their offense is playing with more confidence. So, like Brad White and that defense are going to need to be really really good. I think for People, for if you want to get to eight and four, that defense is going to have to be lights out. I don't see really any way around it. I got a question, Drew. What was the score at the end of the first quarter? Uh, a lot to six. 14 13. to six. 13 to six. 13 to six. Tennessee only had three offensive possessions, too. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was seven six in Tennessee. It was seven six. Play. They yeah. scored first play of the second quarter. Okay. So defensively, I would argue, even with very little help from the other side, Kentucky had a was in the game in the first quarter, right? And and defense. I mean, what else can you ask from a defense? I mean, they gave up another one quickly after that. But I have a hard time dissecting the Kentucky defense against Tennessee, and I've said that twice now. 
And I'm asking for y'all's help because with an offense that potent, and I hate to keep going back to it, the other two phases can't give Tennessee the football inside the 50-yard line five times to start drives. So defensively, I I don't think it was an all-systems failure. Uh, Didn't play great, but Derek Jackson with 14 tackles. Jordan Lovett was a little aggressive on a a dig route, came up, and and listen – That happens against an offense like this, right? I mean, you're going to give up. Every team has. You're not going to completely shut that Tennessee offense down. But I thought the defense put the team in a position to to have a winning plan, have a winning game against Tennessee down there. And just, golly, just the continuation of offensive errors just baffles me. And special teams, it just – it's tough. It's tough to watch. It's not fun to watch, and it makes – this podcast not fun, and it makes a lot of stuff not fun because too much talent on that team. And uh, I, I just want to see somebody figure it out offensively and, and put these players in a position to, to win football games. Freddie, uh, you know what else isn't fun? I canceled my hotel room in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> Threw in the towel. I held yeah. on as long as I could. But I, I think at this point it's, it's, it's lost hope. And uh, I I did that this morning, and it it hurt to get that email. It even like it asked me, it was like, "Are you sure?" After I thought I I was done, it was like, you "Really want to do this?" But moving on. I had Kentucky eight and fourish this year, and like Adam said, that's going to be that's going to be tough to finish eight and four if there aren't some changes made offensively. Because well, I, I feel Missouri's like he's good. Louisville's good. I mean. <laughs> Uh, whoa, whoa, Freddie, Louisville. Calm good. down. Yeah, come on. They I, they blitz and then they, they get if, like seventeen turnovers. If Kentucky blitz, can't, blitz, if blitz. Kentucky cannot score, it's just they're the wiggle. There's just no. There's no. There's hardly any room for error. And yeah. then, like football's then, a, if you play like Kentucky plays, like if you shrink the game on offense, you try to protect your defense, like move, like ball control and field position are huge. You gotta be able to convert their downs, and you gotta be able to, you know, Nick. We used to say punt to win when Max was here, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was a, that's a huge weapon. It, it, that's not there anymore, and so you have a situation like this Tennessee game, like Freddie is talking about, where you just like you can't like he he's right. Like the defense, I think, did some good things, but it's hard to judge them. The only thing you can really judge them on is the busted coverage. Everything else is just like, well, they were at you know Tennessee's starting to drive at their. At the their own forty, starting to drive at the Kentucky forty two, starting to drive at the Kentucky forty three, like, you, you, like that's just you're that's impossible to stop an offense like that when they just got field position advantages on you all game, and so they're not playing complimentary football. That's the that's the recipe for Kentucky, and they're just not playing it, and that's what scares you because if you don't play it, you you can get beat by anybody playing the way Kentucky plays. I'm scarred from that fifteen percent on third down. I'll be honest with you that that is bad. And that, you know, the points, six points is bad enough. But 15% on third down, that, that's, got me, that's got me a little scarred, a uh, little anxious going forward, and that's putting it nicely. I, uh, I feel like the Big Blue Nation right now is just the Wolverine meme where he's looking at the, the picture frame and just holding it up, and in the picture frame it's Liam Cohen. Uh, because here's the thing, like going into last year, a lot of the – you were rolling the dice on this new style, and a lot of it was going to be based on the play caller. Well, the play caller was darn good. You scored on your first possession. 
nine or ten out of twelve games, you you went from ranked in the hundreds to top twenty in uh, red zone touchdown efficiency and third down conversion efficiency. Third down actually hasn't been too bad, but you're not scoring right away. The scripts have been bad, and then you aren't scoring in the red zone. You're leaving points off the board. You're moving the ball. You're getting it into like the forty yard line or so, and then you're messing up, right? Like it's 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 been bad and. The thing that I, I, I keep going back to, I, I think about the last time we saw Liam Owen, uh, Cohen call plays, and it was against the top, what, 10, 15 defense top that 10. Iowa had like it? Top 10 defense. Top 10 defense. And everybody and their brother knew the ball was going to Wondell Robinson. And what did they do? They still got Wondell Robinson open, and they still hit him every single time, and it worked. I, how does everybody – like, you have plenty of weapons, and you can't get anybody open. Uh, the I, I wrote something that's going up later today. I've got to like tighten it up a little bit. But somehow I've watched a lot of Denver Broncos football games this year, and I feel like I'm watching the same football teams because everything is so hard, and it shouldn't be this hard. But the play caller, Nathaniel Hackett in that case, and Rich Kangaroo in this one, just for whatever reason isn't getting anything. Like it's just nothing's easy, and it should be so much easier with the pieces you had to this puzzle, but they're just not – It's just it's just getting jammed in there. And, uh, I mean, I, I find a hard time disputing what Nathan's saying on the KSR YouTube channel right now that Cohen would have us a 7-1 and one and scoring 35 or 40 points a game. I mean, I, I it's, it's hard for me to dispute that right now. It's hard for me to dispute that. Yeah, are I think – Go ahead. Are you saying this was a bad idea? <laughs> oh, we got a Skain Gang t- – is it a T-shirt? You know, it was a different time in my life when we had – had Scan Gang t-shirts. No, someone just mailed me this a couple weeks ago. A Scan Gang t-shirt. I think maybe I'm going to keep this and fold it away for a little while. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be putting that on for a few weeks. A little disappointed in the Scan Gang. I don't know what we do at this point, though. Well, we're, and kind of, we, we're kind of just here. We're kind of, it kind of is what it is. And, and we're kind of, uh, like, we gave them, it's like, okay, you got to give them some more time to figure it out. Right? It's a little bit different than NFL. He didn't have Chris Rodriguez. Well, now it's like, okay, you've got four games. You're, you're coaching for your job. Kind of, right? I mean, is that kind of where we're at? I think Mark Stoops confirmed that with his quote today. Yeah, I okay. think there's what was no that getting quote? around it. I've got it up right here. Yeah, let's get that one exact. Uh, I, let me pull, I got to pull it up right quick. So okay, while you're pulling that up, just a big suck it to all you Tennessee volunteer <laughs> losers that are watching us on YouTube right now. Like, you're proving why you suck. You're the worst. Why are you on a Kentucky show right now in the chat? Like, get the hell out of here, you losers. God, just the worst. Can I Ugh. can I say something nice about them? Sure. That that looked like a pretty awesome atmosphere. It was it was great. Like it was pretty yeah. cool. One of the better road games I've been to. Just the white thing they did with the tea made it even pop more. Yeah. It was great weather. Great uh, everybody was excited to be there. There was buzz in the air. And the the setup was awesome. It was a plus, like a plus college football environment. I do have to say that. Um, but here, uh, here's the whole quote. It's hard to say after a game like that because once again, I'm smart enough not to get a headline out of me without with acting like I'm pleased with that performance because I'm clearly not. Nobody should be. So you have to always look at things and evaluate things and see the good and the bad and where you're falling short. What else are you going to do? There's nothing drastic. You certainly better look at it, and you better address it, and you better get it fixed or you're not going to last. 
Not going to last. So who do you who do we think is not going to last? Because uh, Mark Stoops not going to fire himself. <laughs> what, did, what did Mitch Barnard? What did Mitch Barnard say back in the summer when we were all having fighting with each other? Coaches change, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Which a little bit, a little bit of that from Stoops right there. I love uh, the thought of him firing himself too, and like UK doesn't have to pay the buyout because he fired. <laughs> it's it's like Michael Scott uh, firing the guy on the first day when he tries to quit. It's like, what are you, what are you doing here? Which. Um, brings me to something while, while we're on it, I need to get to, but first I need to tell you more about our friends at prize picks because they're awesome. They're outstanding. And prize picks is going to hook you up tonight when you're watching or before you're watching the Browns take on the Bengals, which I know, uh, this is kind of Freddie's got his Browns hat on like it's a, a big Bengals fan. Um, combating tonight on Monday night football, download prize picks, use the code KSR. 100% match on your initial deposit when you play prize picks. Um, you can't play Jamar Chase tonight like it, but you can still go for the Joe Burrow over yards. And even though they'll probably be playing from behind, Nick Chubb is just uh, an animal on the ground. Mm-hmm. So take the over on his yards right there. Luckett, you got any wrecks too? Um, who do you think going to be good? I like the Nick Chubb one because the Bengals' run D has been iffy here the last couple of weeks. Um, they don't have their best defensive lineman who's like – top run stuffer, so Chubb running the ball, I think he could have a big game, especially if the Browns got up early and they could just turn out first downs and try to play ball control. So Nick Chubb over would be definitely be something I would look at there. Um, Ty, looking on the other side, Tyler Boyd has kind of had, quietly had a big year, I think. Everybody knows T. Higgins is going to be the guy now, but Boyd's quietly the number two, so I would expect him to have a big game as well. So download okay. promo download prospects at, use promo code KSR, it'll match your deposit – all you do is it's like making a parlay bet. Uh, you just pick more or less on their props, and you can win. It's available in 70% of the states. You can get it some places in Canada, too. Uh, we can't make wagers on a lot of things in Kentucky, but you can when you play with Prize Picks. Um, prize Picks is sponsoring this new segment. It's called Coaching Carousel Season because Ooh. it's spinning around, round and round she goes. Where it stops, Brian Harson, he's out. They got their teeth kicked in by the Arkansas Razorbacks. That one was never close. Uh, we 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 could see this coming from a mile away, um, but finally happened. It happened on the same day that they. Uh, John Cohen announced a former UK Mitch Barnhart guy who I believe coached baseball at UK as well. That's right. Uh, went to Mississippi State, coached baseball there, became their AD. He announced his resignation. He's going to be taking over at Auburn. So first order of business, getting Harson out. And um, our guy Hoke, like it, he believes that one Mark Stoops might get a call from John Cohen. Yeah, they had about five or six coaches on Auburn Live's hot board today. Expected names, Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, Deion Sanders, and then, yeah, Mark Stoops. Q just got a raise. in there. He did. I think they bumped him up to $5 million there at Liberty. Which is crazy. They can pay that at Liberty. And so, like, I think we talked about this on 11 Personnel last week, Nick, but, like, just get ready. Like, his name's going to come up for a lot of jobs. And so, um, like you said, be, get ready to ride this carousel. We'll, we'll see where it ends up. I, um... I think it's worth noting when evaluating these potential vacancies, 
Stoops has made it clear that he's a big fan of having some uh, alignment in the administration, right? Like having some support might disqualify Auburn, but if they got a big bucket of nil money, I, I think we've got to make sure that we've got our pulse on our, our finger on that pulse because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's going. It's it's only going to get harder to coach if you don't have that that bucket of nil money waiting for you to help get get you new players each and every year. So I, I think that's something that you have to take into consideration. And that's something that Mitch has to take into consideration instead of dragging his feet. He's got to make sure the Kentucky's nil efforts are up to snuff. And uh, Ross Dellinger reported today that part of the reason Cohen left Mississippi State, his alma mater, was because of NIL. Um, Auburn's already got $19 million rates for some collective, and it's been an issue at Mississippi State. Um, it was an issue at Ole Miss, Nick, when, we, when, we were, when I was down there. Lane Kiffin had a NIL fundraising event on Friday yeah. uh, before the game. And we all know Kentucky is maybe not ahead of schedule there either. So that's going to be something to watch out for, for sure. I saw something that uh, they polled. I don't know if it was just five stars or four and five stars about their college choice in the modern day era. And what, 45% said best NIL deal. Is most important was most important instead of fit for uh, school. So yeah, it's 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 coming. It's here. It's now, and you're either going to accept it and thrive or not, and just get passed over. Yeah, Yeah. um, Cormani McLean, who's the number two cornerback in the country, was a hard Florida lean. Everybody thought he was going to Florida. It sounded like he wanted to go to Florida. Miami had a better NIL deal. He committed to Miami. Like that's that's this is the ball we're playing now. And so you either need to go home or pick up your bat and compete. I mean, that's that's where we're at right now. Uh, Scott makes a good point over on the KSR YouTube page that this is a big offseason in Lexington. A lot of things have to be done correctly or, you know, you know, like it just that you, you've had a lot of positive momentum and you can't let it be stalled. I know uh, as college football fans, we are certainly prisoners of the moment. We – that's what makes it fun, right? Is overreacting every single week to whatever is going on in the world. Um, big picture wise, like Kentucky is doing better than they have throughout most of my life on the football field, but it it can all come crashing and go up in flames just like that. Like it doesn't take much. So yeah, um, look at Tennessee for an example. How good they're doing right now? Dumpster fire, dumpster fire, dumpster fire went away from going to Atlanta and playing in the college football playoff. Things can change fast both for the good and the bad in this sport, and I think it's even more true now with the transfer portal era. Um, you can flip rosters quickly. Your roster can go from re- really good to iffy in an offseason. Uh, things can just change very fast in this sport, so you've got to keep – can't can't take – Time to just bask in the glory or take a step back. You got to keep moving forward. I think this decent. I'm sorry, Drew. Tennessee's quick bounce back is what sucks so bad because two years ago, we're doing the the McDonald's bag thing and we're thinking Tennessee's down for a while and Kentucky's on this climb. And we thought maybe one day we'd be the code number two and have the fancy lights and talking about playoffs in Atlanta. And somehow they caught right back up and passed Kentucky in the race and seeing them have all that fun. It's kind of what we've been looking forward to eventually getting to. 
and I now we're here. We're back to you know we're we're in our stadium playing Dumas Walker on repeat for the sixth straight season, hoping we're beating Missouri again. Like it feels like we're stuck in the mud, and we just watched Tennessee's program speed right by when Kentucky had a big head start the last couple of years. Yeah, Drew, and and I think December is going to be the craziest month in college football ever uh, because of the combination of the portal name, image, and likeness. I think you're going to see some crazy stuff go down in December. And the program carousel on top of that coaches, the programs that are ready for that are going to succeed. Those that aren't won't because, you know, and listen, I'm right there with that kid that went to Miami. I mean, you know, you offer me that much money. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. I mean, the number of players like me coming through the system that would have went to Kentucky no matter what, those days are over with, really. I mean, there may be a few out there, but it's it's not about old college U anymore. It's about it's about the money, and rightfully so, and I'm happy for that. But you got to be ready or you're going to get passed by. Uh, it – um. Man, signing day. That's less than six weeks away. I think six weeks from Wednesday. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be here. It'll be here before you know it. Um, God. Let's keep the ones we have. I'm worried about that, too. Yes, yes. Not not that I, like, know or have heard anything. It's just in this this world, no one's everywhere permanently. Well, which makes this offensive coordinator situation very – they're in a very tricky, potentially yeah. tricky spot. Uh, best case scenario, they just get things fixed. The offense starts humming, and then everybody just calms down a little bit, right? Uh, but if you don't, you know, there's going to be some tough decisions to be made, and um, you're going to have to balance that act of any decision you make, like staffing-wise, has personnel consequences. Players can leave at any point, and then you've got to add people that – are going to potentially bring in some people to you when you hire. So you just got to be careful with, with whatever decision you make. Well, and then it goes to the, what kind of quarterback do you get in the transfer portal too? You know, that a lot of it's going to hinge on. Yeah. That's a million well. dollar, that's a million dollar question. Um, yeah. Along yeah. with, can you keep, you know, your guys on the roster? That's a good question by Tristan Smith there. Mm-hmm. Does Stoops go to Ole Miss when Lane Kiffin leaves for Auburn? No. Stoops doesn't strike me as an Ole Miss guy. Like, imagine no. him in that country club crowd, right? Like, no, I don't yeah, see him down see. down at the library on Friday night. It's a, that's a lateral move. Um, no yeah. way getting around that. Like, Ole Miss has got some of the NIL issues that Kentucky has. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, it just would be that that move would make zero sense on a surface level. Whereas, like some of those other, like if the Big Ten West jobs open up. Big Ten West is a lot different than the SEC West. A lot different. Uh, which, man, Big Ten West football. It's about like the NFC South. Uh, Drew, have you did you see the end of the Panthers-Falcons game yesterday? You know what? Yesterday was the least amount of NFL I've maybe watched in the last 10 years, and it, oh. I'm embarrassed. I had the, the basketball stuff in pregame. and No, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say I'm, I'm behind. You, you missed a real treat because – uh, Carolina was trying to win to become three and five and have a four-way tie at three and five and be first in their division, right? And they caught a 62-yard touchdown with 12 seconds left to Down tie six. the game. 
Yeah. I mean, it was a pass in the air. It was a beautiful pass. Uh, and DJ Moore just throws his helmet off in celebration. 15-yard penalty, misses the extra point. They get a chance to win in overtime with a, a Marcus Mariota arm punt, like a 70-yard pass to directly to the Carolina DB. Kicker misses a kick in overtime. They end up losing the game. It was a hilarious turn of events. But that is just – you want to talk – like the one thing that – I like, it is encouraging to see like bad football in the NFL as well. Like it's not just – we're not just seeing it here, folks. Like bad football is everywhere. So drink it up. Enjoy it. Just maybe score some more points, Kentucky. Let's let's get back a little bit more refocused. Freddie, I'm giving you the headset. You're going to be Kentucky's offensive coordinator this week. Um, we're not running the triple option, but you do <laughs> get to do one thing to clean up this offense, if you will. Help score some more points. What, 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 what's a man like you going to try to do to help get more points on the scoreboard? I'm going to I'm going to throw on first down a little bit more. Uh, against Missouri because they're going to come downhill and try to stop the run and uh, be un- be unpredictable in run pass situations because right now yeah it's it's you can read it I mean it's it's coming uh, what Kentucky does so I would mix up the the run pass a little bit more uh, you know the jumbo sets the the running the football that's great if you got a lead in in late in the game. But you got to get a lead in the late portions of the game to play that way. So, uh, I, I, if it was me, I, I would let Will Levis be Will Levis, and I would try to find a way to get those receivers open again. The re- with the receiver core, you know, we started out the season; the, these guys were red hot, and we were all talking about how tremendous that is. Got to find a way to get those guys back involved, especially the young guys, Dane Key, Marion Brown. For many reasons, you need to get those those two back involved with the offense, and then uh, Tavion Robinson. You know, you just get you can't have that big drop, but just mixing it up more, be a little bit less predictable in early downs, and and you got and I, if I'm calling the plays, I have to have that third down number heavy on my mind because again, I got scarred by that 15 percent on third down against Tennessee. That that's got to get cleaned up. And then now, and once you get to the red zone, can't turn the football over. I mean, you cannot do that. And scoring only 56% inside the 20, uh, we got to punch it in down there. So I'm going to vary it up a little bit. I'm I'm actually going to spread it out a little bit more with those the receivers and throw the football around and and see what can happen there. Uh, But, yeah, just be less predictable and, and just try to do whatever you can to get to third down and start converting those instead of having that low percentage that Kentucky's had and put the football in the end zone. Two of 13 on third down, four of 16, if you count their fourth downs as well. Uh, not great, not great. I do I do feel like there's also a like, – keep it simple, stupid, right? Like, can we just make things – I mean, even just getting the plays in, right? Like, it feels like you're getting out of the huddle and you're just, all right, everybody hurry up, go. Like – there's there's not time to digest what play you're trying to run, and that, that it's snowballing like it not, nothing nothing's coming easily for the cats. Before before you go on to the panel, how many defensive offside penalties has Kentucky forced this year, Adam? You, I, mean, I I can't remember any. I'll stop my because uh, when you're snapping the, the snapping the football with five seconds left on the play clock. 
the cadence doesn't matter. You can't yeah. hard count it. So these defenses are, are putting their ears back and, and coming downhill because you, the, the cadence is not a factor. Yeah. Offsides is not a factor. So you're right. You're right, Nick. I, I like that. Just get them in, get them out, and let's run some plays. Kentucky actually ran two more plays in Tennessee on Saturday night. So That's crazy. Yeah, things just need to be streamlined. We talked – Stoops kind of talked about dumbing it down and whatnot. Um, you know, that kiss strategy, Nick's talking about keep it simple, stupid. They just got to – they've got to figure some stuff out. Maybe uh, cut the playbook in half or something this week. Figure out what you want to do and what you want to focus on. I think the start of the game is huge. If they come out here and three and out, three and out it, or, you know, don't, don't get have any success on offense – I think not only could it maybe kill the offense's confidence, but it's probably going to kill the defense's confidence, knowing that well, boys, we got to pitch a shutout today because they don't they ain't got it again. So um, let's find a way, you know. And then they start forcing the issue and trying to play hero ball a little bit. So um, I think the start of this game on Saturday is really really big. Can anyone give me some comfort in my worries about DeAndre Square? Huge DeAndre Square guy. We're three tackles from the three hundred club. Not on the depth chart. Doubtful. Are, is this? Uh, is do I need to be real worried? Is this a long term thing, or are we going to be okay here? The fan club is worried. I'm a little worried. It's my guy. Oh, also, we need to figure out how many tackles he has because I have, I've heard conflicting reports here. Because College Football Reference has him at 300, UK has him at 297, but I don't know if they've updated since Saturday, so I don't. I don't know. Uh, either way, I was also I was trying to dig up his consecutive starts. I think he started like forty three straight games, which but was uh, his number. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's had all the numbers. One, one of the, yeah, um, one of the many. Right, right. Um, I but you know if if it's an ankle sort of thing, Drew, one would hope like okay, week or two off could do him some good. And, you know, we, we did talk about it in the preseason, right? Like, you had two quality linebackers behind them that would be starters for most teams because that, that position takes that takes a beating. You're going to need to call on him. Um, Trevin Wallace, DJAC, like, you don't feel like there's a significant drop-off there. So, at least that part's a, a positive. But it was just a disaster against Tennessee because you didn't have your main vocal leader there making sure – Everything's getting communicated to who it needs to be communicated. Well, and they played that game without what might have been their four top communicators on defense during the year. When you talk about Jacquez Jones, DeAndre Square, Tyrell Asian goes out the series after Deon after DeAndre, and then Jalen Geiger has been out since the Florida game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just talk about communicators on that back end; those two linebackers, those two safeties. You, that that's tough when you don't have those four guys all together. Um, and that was just kind of the situation. But even with that, uh, the defense wasn't the problem <laughs> on Saturday. What about Rodriguez? Is he okay? Banged up. <laughs> he was on the death chart, and usually that means yeah. they're playing, typically. And so I, I would assume so, he's going to play. But I, Asian I don't know how well. banged up he is. I also it's wonder how much that was just – he got nicked a little bit. They were losing so bad. You're going to need him, him to carry the ball a lot later. Just shelf him. 
So, but, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any insight on that or intel on that. Will we see personnel changes in special teams this week? Do we, Drew, can you snap a football? Uh, I, I feel like I could give it the old college try. I mean, it's not – I know it's harder than it looks like it because you've got to be but, like, perfect. Yeah. But, like, come on. It's not – you just – it's like throwing a pass beneath your leg. But it's not <laughs> that difficult. I learned it by just messing around with my buddy, like, playing outside in the street. Like, it's not that hard. How, how is – The I, kicks I, are still coming out too low on the extra point. I mean, I know the snapping – but they're coming out way too low. I mean, like, they got to get – some more height on, on these PAT attempts. It's, maybe, maybe it seems like the snapper issues, like the timing is just off. Like it's taking forever to snap, hold, and kick. I mean, it should be instantaneously. Uh, it, there shouldn't be, all right, catch the snap. The, I mean, it feels like it's like three different steps when really it should be one. They should be tied together. It should be one step. But it feels like three different things are going on there. Um, and so, like, I know the snapping's been an issue, but, like, the kicks are coming out low. They've had issues getting holds down when they have good snaps. I mean, it's just, it's been a damn circus. I mean, <laughs> and then if Tennessee would have blocked that punt, you knew who you know who was going to block it, don't you? It was Caleb Perry, yeah, yeah, <laughs> from Great Crossing. Yeah, were you all like me? And when that extra point was blocked, so it, you know you're still down a point instead of tying it up, you just want to turn the TV off right there. You just knew yeah. it was going to be that kind of night. Yeah, I had when, I, when you you get that answer you wanted to make yeah. it seven seven. And then it's blocked. If if I didn't have to, you know, oh. talk to you yahoos and write on the website, I might have just shut it down right there and gone yeah. and something to do. When that I, happened, I, I had a text going with Hernandez and all my guys, right? And I think I typed, I typed ball game. That's it. And it was that early. And that's just how deflating that is. That's how, you know, that, that sucks any kind of momentum you got away off the field. And it's just, you know, at some point in time, the defense is – you know, Mark Stoops does a great job of keeping his teams together, even if there's a – one side is better than the other one and it's, you know. But that defense is going – I mean, <laughs> at some point in time, they're going to they're gonna start asking questions. What are y'all doing over there, right? Mm-hmm. Not just to the offense, but to the spe- – what, what's going on here? You know, we cannot keep doing everything. And, and <clears throat> it's just – it's tough right now. So we got the, some strong Iowa vibes had just here. Gotten, they'd just gotten a – was it a three and out? If not a three and out, it was a quick stop. Yeah. You know, they you got like worried – penalties. Yeah. You got worried you're about to go down 14-0 there. It's this emotional roller coaster of crap that might blow us out. But then the defense gets a stop. You get the ball back. You punch that touchdown in and just kick me in the face. Like, so frustrating. Have you, have you had a conversation with your father? Or is he is – it... uh, I have not answered any phone calls – uh, I did text him to make sure his tuxedo fits. And then when he said something about the Vols, I was like, we're not doing this. Just <laughs> We're not talking about that. I need oh, your tuxedo then... to fix. And mom said she made chicken pot pie, and I'm coming to get it, and I'm going to walk in. I don't want to hear anything about the football game. That's kind of been our relationship the last few days. I, I know this is also a – we don't need to talk about the other sport, but they even had like – the basketball team take their trophy on the field and then like show it off to the UK fan. Cal, kick this team's ass. All right. I we can't this team does so much damage to us. Because Freddie, here's the thing. I was ready to turn it off. We all knew this was ball game. We've watched Kentucky lose to Tennessee 
every year except for two my entire life, right? Like, or three, excuse me. We know how this goes. We're scarred. Cap, get your shit together and go kick their ass, all right? I'm tired of losing that stupid team. They drive me nuts. I can't it wasn't just the basketball Language. team. The baseball wrong. team did the same exact thing. It was um, – And that got a little testy, I hear, right, Adam? It was very much a – like we're in everything school where Kentucky's a basketball school. Like that whole con like that whole back and forth opening a can of worms. And Tennessee, yeah, they were throwing salt in the wound on that. And so um yeah, their baseball team is um notorious for being for uh being kind of braggadocious. Um, That's a nice like, way to put it, Lucky. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not a I would I most <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people are not a big fan of their coach. Um that goes from fans to media to actual coaches um, in college baseball. Uh, but yeah, I mean they're just they're just throwing it in the wound right now. I mean, like baseball is awesome for them right now. Basketball team has had a lot of success over Kentucky, and they've always had the football success. So it's a tough tough pill to swallow if you're a Kentucky fan because that's the team you want to beat. That's your rival, and they've gotten the better of you. Well, you know I would have done the same exact yeah. thing, though. Yeah, I would have been, yeah. I would have been all done the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was so, uh, it was so tough. Uh, I think it was so hard to swallow because, by all accounts, Kentucky had a great two weeks of prep. They were excited to go down there. They thought they had a real shot. They had a good plan, and that's the that's the result we got on the field. And then that's that was the most disappointing part, I think of the whole thing was like you had this moment here, you had this chance, you had extra preparation, and that's what you put out on the field. Uh, it's just very, very frustrating. Man, this the is answer to Tristan's question, which loss is worse, Tennessee or South Carolina? It's a great question. For me, it's South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a – we Missouri just beat, beat them up. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina is, is stinks and shame. Well, South Carolina has gotten very fortunate in the last two years. This year, they get Kentucky without Will Levis. They get A&M before the quarterback change uh-huh. and get two wins, get momentum, get ranked, and then Missouri said, no, nah, you are who you are. They, they've taken advantage of opportunities. I mean, they've had a they lot have. of things break their way, but last they year they get Auburn and Florida at the end of the year when they, yep. they start going south, played them at the perfect time win, yep. get a North Carolina team, a bad North Carolina team that was kind of checked out in the bowl game, win that, give them a bump, play Kentucky without Will Levis. Get 17 points when you have five total yards of offense against A&M, to, and then kind of hold on for dear life in that game. They just taken advantage of opportunities, but like they play complimentary football. Um, special teams has been awesome. It's picked up the offense. They haven't made a lot of mistakes, and that's it, led to some wins and games they probably shouldn't have won. Uh, but you have to give, give them the credit. Like in a, in football, you got to take advantage of opportunities like that. Kentucky didn't take advantage of their opportunities. Variable one open game against Ole Miss. Should have won. You should have beat South Carolina at home either. So then, if you go and lose at Tennessee, you're still kind of seven and one or whatever. Now you're five and three, and things look like they're falling apart. And so that's just that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But it's Tennessee, though. So yeah, eventually, like you just like we're gonna look back, and they just didn't like they should have beat Tennessee in a lot of these seasons, and they didn't. Yeah, because that's that's the worst part is the record. Kentucky has been a better football program, you know, for a five six year stretch, and they got two wins out of it, right? And and ultimately, really, what a lot of this comes down to, uh, when you think big picture, 
on like, well, Kentucky should be in SEC championship games. They should be New Year's Six. So the, the best team that Kentucky had and the biggest what if is that stupid egg they laid in 2018 in Elon Stadium. Like, because last year you felt like you did have, you were kind of, it was a little bit of fool's gold at time, right? Where you were winning a lot of toss-up games and like, but that 2018 team was so much better than that Tennessee with Jarrett Garantano throwing Hail Marys before halftime. Like, they had no business losing that game, laying that egg down there. You win that one, then you're you're in New Orleans, right? You're, you're playing in the Sugar Bowl instead of playing in the Citrus Bowl. Like, duh. And, but, like, I, I think that that 2018 result is a kind of, I think it's a great mi- microcosm of kind of, like, what has held this program back at points. It's been the offense. They went down there and scored seven points. Like, you can't expect yeah. to win a game. You can't score more points. They go down here, they score six. They play A&M. They should have won the game. The defense was awesome. They can't They can't score the ball um, on offense. They they get one touchdown, uh, offensive touchdown. Ole Miss, they can't finish a drive. The offense can't finish um, a golden opportunity when the defense totally shut down um, a very good offense in the second half. That's been the one thing that's held them back, and they gotta they got to fix that moving forward. You thought they had it fixed with Cohen. He leaves. Now this is what you have. Like for Kentucky to climb that ladder and keep going, they have to be more consistent and they have to be more explosive and they have to be able to score more points on offense. And mm-hmm. that's just what it breaks down to. It's nothing either more. Like they've built the defense up to where it's consistently going to be good on that side of the ball. Um, it's been established. Now they got to get to offense to that point and you got to score points. It's the name of the game. <laughs> got to put points on the scoreboard and that. When you look at these big letdown performances, it's a lot of times it's been because they can't score, and that's the thing that's got to change. When I look at Luckett, when I look at Luckett speaking, I see a man that's excited to drive by the boot store on his way to Columbia here in a few days. Oh God, guys, I got to go to pick up Ellie from oh. school. See you, okay, Freddie. Freddie. See y'all. We'll see ya. Um, I'm excited we, about your costume tonight. Heck yeah, babe! What's se- your sexy costume? coal miner, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send us some pictures. Wait, right. what, what 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 candy do you want to steal from Allie's bag? What's your favorite Halloween candy? Ooh. Well, all of it, one. And she just got braces, so I'm I'm really gonna dominate the candy this year because she ah. can't Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So for me, I anything chocolate, man. I mean uh you know, I, and I like Reese's chocolate, peanut butter, any mixture of that. It's good. Oh, man. man. I like uh, nerds. Nerds like, are really, really mm, strong, too. I like that you're just listening to them all. But uh, go yeah. get Ellie. Go go pick her up. Yeah, go, yeah. Go little, up. little school pickup line here is very competitive in Woodford County. I got to get my spot. <laughs> we'll see you, Freddie. See you. Um, uh, I'm, I'm in the other situation, Drew, where I have a kid who can only eat chocolate stuff, and I love chocolate, but he can't eat all the chewy stuff. And now I'm stuck eating all the sugary, and I'm just not like it's fine. I love a good Laffy Taffy. I love trying mm. to guess the jokes on the Laffy Taffies, um, but it, it's just it's not the same as like a you know a Three Musketeers or Kit Kat. Kit Kat is number one overall draft pick for me. I'm I'm halfway through a co- Costco size bag. I'm supposed to give out tonight. I really put a big dent in it. I got to break the news to Abby when she gets home that we might be going to buy more. And I've pretty much left it down to just airheads. I didn't even know those still existed, but uh, any kid that comes by my house, that's what I've left you from the gigantic <laughs> bag I've been eating for three days. 
my big predicament is I don't know how much to buy. I'm kind of new to this neighborhood, and we had kind of the COVID bounce back. I, I feel like I'm unprepared with my little bag of airheads. I don't, I don't want to be attacked by all these kids and, and run out, you know, 20 minutes into this process. What, what kind of number do you all shoot for? Is there, is there a number well, of kids I'm supposed to expect? Well, we have we usually leave on Halloween. Um, Smart to go somewhere else, so I leave a bowl out. Um, oh, but our, we don't get many kids in this neighborhood, so um, yeah. So, so I wasn't afraid to eat a bunch of Snickers this week, Drew, because I know that that bowl is probably not going to get touched very much. Um, so I'll leave I'll leave a bowl out, and then I'll take care of it when we get home Drew, tonight. But that, that's usually how we your run. neighborhood, Drew, is going to be just like they're going to be shipping kids in by the busload, and it's just going to be overwhelmed with children. I'm a little worried. There, there are there's a Two guys that live down the street, and they're setting up this big garage where you come by and get uh, jello shots and bourbon shots. So I might do a little adult trick-or-treating down yeah. the road. I've been you... working on it all day. I'm excited. Oh, man. I'm not going to reveal awesome. my neighborhood so that we don't overcrowd them. But it uh, <laughs> looks like it's going to be a fun party. Yeah, we, uh, we're we going over friend's house, and kids are trick-or-treating, but I'm sure the There'll be a few beers had. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> those metal cups, right? Like, I've yeah. learned to, and as now I'm in my 30s. Like, that's like, that's our uniform as 30 year olds, right? You got to have the metal cup at like all the random spots. And you're like, oh, he's just really hydrated, that Roush guy. And so, yeah, very, staying very hydrated. You can take those in uh, high school football games out here, too. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I wonder. That's good to coffee. know. Coffee. Coffee. You know, three of us were big coffee during football guys. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, playoffs are here. A huge upset before the playoffs started. Mail knocked off Manuel, who is looking like one of the better teams in six A. So um, that yeah, smoked them too. Yeah, that that race mm. looks kind of wide open. If you're saying next Tigers don't defend it, Douglas Drew, is it finally going to be the year for Frederick Douglas? I feel like we say that every year, and they come up short over at Kroger Field. Uh, it, it looks like it is. They destroyed Boyle. I don't know if anyone was, saw that coming. Yeah, and Boyle's, I didn't. Boyle's very good. Um, I'm going to say they will, but it's been disappointing results the last several years. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. And then next the year, they're losing a lot. I think losing all their starting receivers to graduation, and then young Josiah Lemon steps in <laughs> to be one of the featured pass catchers next year for the Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride. Oh, gosh. We're bringing back that over with again. Which, by the way, the under still hit in that game yesterday. So, seven and one unders for the Broncos and the Cats this year. So, if you're looking for a side to play, Broncos country, let's try. Why do they have to beat the Jags? Though? Like, I've become kind of a second Jags fan. Um, so, that's that's disappointing. I Maybe football podcast road trip to Nashville? Bengals go there in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah. Freddie is already going to one the Jaguars. I told him we might have to get everybody together. He's I well, think he already you, has his tickets. You canceled your Atlanta road trip plans. It's that weekend, so I, I think we should. Yeah, might have to do it. Might have to do it. Well, it's been fun. I, I'm very happy to hopefully this can kind of put the less I get to talk about that Tennessee game, the better. Like that sucks so much. We just want to move on as much as you do. Hopefully we can get past it, get back on track against Missouri. Kentucky kicks off. It's a nooner, 11 a.m. local time. Lucky will be in Como. Make sure you're playing along 
all weekend long with prospects, promo code KSR to double your deposit. And a big thanks to our friends at Justice Dental for always bringing you the KSR football podcast. A little bit of a programming note, Kentucky plays basketball at our typical recording time next Monday, playing the Howard Buffalo Bison. Bison, I think. Bison, yeah. So we're going to go uh, an afternoon then as well, but we'll get back on our schedule to end the year on Monday evenings going live. So appreciate y'all tuning in on Halloween Day. And uh, keep you watch on the KSR YouTube channel for all your creative content all season long. For Adam Luckett, Drew Franklin, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Crow Green.